Welcome once again to Center-Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7, basically. That's how, that's, that's how it plays out. It's, it's always up there. Certainly, the radio loop version of our show, playing on that separate computer that I'm staring at right now here in the studio. Uh, that version of the show is running constantly. And if you go to www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, you will be able to, from your, with the simplest of navigation techniques, once you've arrived at the homepage and, and you find the microphone, the picture of which, uh, the, the, the microphone whose picture, uh, I, uh, let's see, how do I, I, every time I try to say that sentence, it just gets lost in syntax someplace. There's a picture on it. And there's a picture of a microphone. Well, I'm talking into that microphone, that very same microphone. No, not the picture, the real microphone. Speaking to it as I speak to you. And below that picture are two links. The first one is to our podcast feed. And the first show on the podcast feed is this show. And the, uh, and, and that same, uh, the second link on the page is to our radio loop, what are the aforementioned radio loop. Well, the show running on the radio loop, likewise, is the show you're listening to right now. So we, we give our listeners two different ways of accessing uh, center-left radio. You can either, uh, you know, do what I guess most people do these days with, with their political talk and other talk shows, find them, Choose them. Everything is about choosing uh, the show and, and having total control over uh, starting it from the beginning. And maybe if you feel like sliding the, the, uh, the cursor up or everything, you know, and you could start it in the middle. You could do whatever you like with it. But it's your choice, your control. You know where to go. You know where to find the show. And many others. We have about 50 of them up. Whatever, whatever our podcast uh, uh, supplier will allow us to keep up. It's a constantly rotating uh, schedule, a new show comes on, an old show falls off the bottom of the list. There's probably about 40 or 50 up at any time. Uh, we've done more than 750 so far over the course of five years. We've been continually doing center-left radio for five years. Currently, about two shows a week, and uh, we're about to get back into our... Um, our uh, Noble Hearts Forum shows uh, in the very near future. By the way, let this be an announcement to our normal panelists, hopefully are listening to this show. Guys, get ready. We're about to have another Noble Hearts Forum panel. We're going to start them up once again. We've been a, we've been a little remiss of late with, with the early uh, onset of summer and things going in that direction, but we're sort of good. We're, we're going to start picking up one more time on those shows. People seem to really enjoy them, and uh, I enjoy doing them, and I think the information we put out is well worth it. Uh, so that's it. If you, and if you want to go with the Radio Loop version of the show, you're doing it in the good old-fashioned analog-ish way. 
you're turning on the show, you're you're hitting the link, and wherever the show is in the radio loop, well, that's where you're picking it up. Pretty much as though you were, you know, in your car and it's uh, you're in your '69 GTO and. It's it's bright orange, uh, and uh, and and you've got a Hearst shifter that you've just thrown into fourth gear, and this thing is going at about 120 miles an hour on the newly completed Sprainbrook Parkway, and you decide you want to flick on the radio, and whoa, how about it? Center left radio happens to pop up. No, it couldn't have happened in 1969, but you get the idea, and you pick it up wherever the show is, and that's what you're listening to. Those simple little choices that's how we uh, that's how we come to you it is the uh the summer solstice today by the way june 21st uh this particular version of it uh happening in the year 2022 uh which is uh, about a way of getting us to wrap our heads around time uh, it could imagine if we tried dating everything from uh, some i don't know more uh, more consequential astronomical event i mean it is an astronomical event after all but but imagine if if our dating system let let's start dating uh, years let's call years from the beginning oh oh how about let's see um, from the first life on planet Earth. We figure that's about 4.5 billion years ago. So, so let's pick an arbitrary uh, point in time. We'll call it a day. Uh, from what we could see, the Earth wasn't spinning quite the way it's spinning now. Certainly wasn't spinning on an axis. Certainly uh, a wobbling axis, if anything. Uh, we didn't have a moon so far as we know. We may have had two moons. There's, there's the, the, the theoretical basis for figuring out why we have one of the largest moons of any planet, and I mean any planet that we've managed to look uh, look at uh, either in our own solar system or whatever exomoons we've been able to determine we have a huge one here but it's and it and it and it seems to have uh, it's odd how how so it the presumption is it had sort of an odd genesis as well and whatever that genesis was there's a, there's one theory that it's really two moons that crashed together that were in similar orbits another one was that a single moon got blown to bits and then came back together but then really two two formed and the the first was hit by the other which caught up to it and basically that's why the back of the moon and the front of the moon have two different uh, uh, geological structures to them uh, different differing cratering patterns and it goes on and on and on um, it's fascinating to think of of some ancient date maybe uh, the formulation of the moon the one that we have right now, that would be the starting date. We'd be up probably, I'm guessing, in the billion-plus-year range. I don't know, maybe, maybe somewhere in the hundreds of millions, but so far beyond 
the notion of 2022 years uh, past an arbitrary, indefinite date, which really marks somebody's birthday. Uh, just a, a curious thought, how, how, we, how we think about things, that we've adopted this notion of uh, A.D., Anno Domini, uh, literally from Latin, year of the Lord, and that basically became the methodology for determining our dates. Up to then, at least within West, I mean, every, uh, every other culture, think about this, when you know uh, the the Egyptians were around as a cultural force, they were building their pyramids. Uh, my God, five thousand years ago, Khufu's pyramid, the Great Pyramid of Giza, was basically we're figuring about five thousand years ago, roughly around the same time as the Sphinx. What numbering system did they use? Did they call themselves? Well, we're we live in we're building this pyramid, and uh, uh, it'll be uh, uh, it's three thousand two twenty one B.C. because we're anticipating a certain date that'll be. Well, no, of course not. Uh, the Romans marked things uh, by their association with the gods. Our months of the year are largely. Uh, interpretations, either Germanic or, or Latin interpretations of the names of gods, or uh, in the case of, or it could be an emperor, uh, Juno, Junius, June, <clears throat> um, uh, Janus, January, Janus, the, 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 the double-headed god. Uh, there, are, there, there are all of these other possibilities. Uh, Wotan, Wednesday, is uh, for a Germanic god. We, we have all of these rather curious dating and time structures that, that, have an, that are often religiously oriented and they're sort of incorporated into our lives, sort of a, a, a reminder of how powerful the force of religious thought is. Even, even if you, you, you're a total atheist, you are mouthing, you are, you are basically giving credence to the force of religious thought and religious uh, sim, sim, symbolism and, and, and imagery. It's always there with us. And having, having seen a... Uh, the, the results, or at least gotten a report of a Republican Party convention that took place in Houston, Texas. The, the Republican Party, and uh, what, what, he's talking about religion, and suddenly he's going into the Republican Party in Texas. Yeah, okay. Bear with me. You, you, you'll see where I'm... I, 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 like many Americans, I'm trying to make sense of Republican thought right now, why Republicans are functioning or, or acting the way they do. And, 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 and thank you, Texas, as, as is frequently the case, something, something that you really might have to sort of examine with a magnifier is already larger than life in the great state of Texas, and you can see it pretty much straight on. Here, here's where I'm going with this. 
um, the convention didn't adopt, uh, and what was the purpose of this? Well, once a year or so, they get together and they declare whatever it is that makes them Republican and everybody hoots and hollers and something like 5,100 people showed up for this thing. And it winds up that the people who were there are the are really true believers, and I mean that in the most negative sense of the word, uh, of the words, in much of the nonsense that seems to be gripping the Republican Party at this time. For for example, this group of 5,100, however they voted, whatever the delegate head counts were and everything, they voted to affirm the Trumpian uh, belief system, the, this, the, the crazy belief that essentially the election was stolen and that Donald Trump is, in fact, should be the valid sitting current president of the United States. That the 2020 election was fraudulently conducted and that Donald Trump has been illegally or inappropriately, however they want to phrase it, kept out of, not, not allowed to be sitting in the Oval Office. Now, now, everyone, anyone rational pretty much knows that's a lie. But there's something like 30, I forget what percentage of Republicans, uh, and it's a pretty high percentage, it's, it's in the 70% or higher range of Republicans still say that Donald Trump won the election, that, that, the, uh, that, that this entire, uh, that, that the entire presidency of Joe Biden is basically a, a farce uh, based on the fact that Donald Trump was cheated out of the presidency. And every, I think everyone rational, anyone who's been following the January 6th uh, commission knows that that's not the case. Anyone who is rational and is willing to accept any kind of factual information knows that's not the case. But what I saw with the Republicans at that convention in Texas gave me a little bit more of an insight into how Republicans are thinking right now. And I, I, I have been loath to accept uh, Republican thought of any kind, but, but this, this, was, this was revelatory. Because not only did they literally adopt a belief, express a belief in the big lie that Donald Trump was cheated out of the election, that he in fact won the election. But they went two steps further. I don't know if it's a question of moving in any particular direction. They, they basically booed one of the most conservative uh, senators in the United States, John Cornyn, spoke before them, and he was booed by the audience specifically because he is part of a group 
or if this group still exists, you hear one day or the other, it exists, it doesn't exist, they're going in the right direction, they're not, it's going to happen, it's not going to happen, that is trying to come up with the most minimal weak need bit of legislation really in the end this is going to be far more symbolic than than effective but at least it'll be a step it's it's a first baby step the first in decades probably some kind of rational new federal level gun control legislation. This one is supposed to have uh, some activity concerning red flag laws, nowhere near sufficiently, some activity concerning raising the age for buying automatic weapons. I mean, I mean, the, the, the rational things that should and could be done to basically make America safe are so glaringly obvious. 80, 90% uh, public approval ratings, including gun, gun owners, saying there have to be universal federal-based background checks. We have to get these, well, I, I say, and, and we, we have to get these damned automatic weapons the hell out of the country. We have to get rid of all of these handguns that are that are prolifer proliferating all over the damn place. We have to get red flag laws that stop people who have guns from having them when it's proven that they're a little bit out of their minds. The Republicans are yelling, no, no, that's a violation of your, of your civil rights or civil liberties. You have the right to be crazy and have guns. God knows you have to have guns. And, and they're talking talking about, uh, well, uh, well, this is what we should be doing. The legislation, as I say, the legislation being discussed is, is, is minimal in comparison to any of the really, truly rational things that need to be done. These Texas characters are, are booing John Cornyn like I say, he is he is he is he's certifiably loony in his positions uh, concerning. Well, you know, if you're if you're if you're thinking as as a centrist, as I am, this is central. Hello, this is center left radio. We're left of a little left, but of center. We we can see the center. You can reach out and touch the center from where center left radio is. It used to be called the center because. It was the center. It, it's where everybody sort of was rotating about, certainly from an expressed political point of view. But what struck me about these Republicans in Texas uh, over the weekend was the willingness to go completely over a cliff when it came to expressing what they stood for. You see, they did not create a platform per se. That, that would be difficult to, to describe. They, they went beyond <clears throat> talking about the big lie and then, and then wanting no gun legislation whatsoever. They, 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 they took this to an absurd level, and a level that was so obvious in its paranoid ideation. That's the only way I can put this, and this is kind of where all this is going. They said that they wanted voting in the state of Texas to be changed from one person, one vote into a statewide 
electoral college system. Okay, we, we have a federal electoral. How, how, how would a statewide electoral system work? Well, this gets really interesting. You would do that by basically setting up regions of the state that then would have uh, where electors would decide where, where, you know, who had won that section. And the voting, I, I gather, would not be, or the elector system would not be uh, governable by federal rules. In other words, a, a federal court could not oversee it and say, no, 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 this is an unfair setting up of your state for congressional districts and things of that sort. No, it'd be a statewide thing. So it would belong to Texas alone. And Texas could set this up so that the electors the districts that were, that were arranged for statewide voting would always favor Republicans. Now, Texas is about as purple a state as you're going to get. It is, like other states, in a population uh, change. The country is in a demographic change. Everybody knows that. I'm not going to go through that storyline again. But to create an electoral system, a Texas-only electoral system that would allow basically a way of overcoming the lack of uh, otherwise uh, Republican voters in a given new electoral district so that you could overcome your natural uh, limitations, that the actual headcount, Republican versus Democrat. No, the electoral system will be set up in a way that obviously the Republicans will have an advantage. And the pure vote count, the, 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 the head count thing, where people are voting one by one by one, it's bad enough how gerrymandered it is for purposes of congressional district voting. But now this would be reduced down to the state voting level. Offices within the state, uh, uh, you know, assemblymen, senators, anything that is purely within the state of Texas, it too now would be subject to an electoral system. Now remember, the electoral system is a primitive, ancient artifact of the earliest times of this country when there was an effort to prevent, prevent unqualified loonies from basically taking everything over. It was, a, it was an effort, it was sort of the last hurrah of a privileged class that would be able to, in the end, interject itself in the event that an election was usurped by some uh, demagogish type. We technically uh, say that it's also a mechanism for giving uh, power to smaller states under our, everybody, every state gets to vote for the president. That's on a federal system. But all of that has become meaningless, I feel, 
I think the vast majority of Americans feel this way too. With our interstate commerce, with our ability to move from state to state, with the, just the nature of how we live, that we should, by rational uh, decision, accept the fact that one person, one vote, is the way that we should be running our elections. So this is an absolute... 100% hit the brakes, turn around 180 degrees, and race in the opposite direction. This is what Texas is doing in an effort to give, once again, an unfair advantage to a group that demographically basically is going in the wrong direction in terms of their numbers. It's a way to basically cheat. It's a way to cheat the populace to make sure that one party is going to maintain a hold, certainly on state elections. They do everything they can to try to do it on the federal level. And, and, and you know, there are, there are maps, there are, there are redistricting maps that are accepted or not accepted. There's been a lot going on behind the scenes that a lot of people haven't been talking about as we approach the 2022 elections. Be, feel confident that Texas will find a way to basically make it as, as, as slippery as possible and as difficult as possible for anything but Republicans to maintain control within Texas, even though the numbers really don't suggest that that should continue to automatically be the case for all eternity. Well, eternity? No, I believe the word is eternity. Now, the Republican Party in Texas didn't stop there. No, oh, no, 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 no. That, that wouldn't be enough. They, this convention of Republicans voted to outlaw, we want to outlaw all abortion in the state of Texas. All abortion, for any reason. We want to go to a pre-Roe v. Wade. We want, we want, to, we want basically, uh, and, and we want it to be murder. I don't know if they said this, but I, I'm, I'm assuming. And in fact, I would be shocked if this wasn't said, because this is, this is how this thing is going. This is how it sets up. We want everything to be murder. We want abortion to be murder, and we want to prosecute. And we don't know. We, we'll just we'll figure out how we're going to prosecute. We've got to figure out if we're going to hang them up and maybe we'll hang the mother. Or, I don't know. No, 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 no. We'll, be, we'll, we'll just give lethal injections to the mother and we'll hang the doctors. Let's, let's, let's do it that way. And maybe anyone who might have been involved in this process will make sure that they get, they get mostly killed too or some, something insane. The big lie, which is nuts... It's not a position, it's just embracing a lie. Anti any kind of, well, anti, let's, let's, call, let's call it anti, anti-rational truth. That's, that's the big lie for Trump. Anti any kind of gun control legislation that's something like 80 or 90% of the country wants anti any kind of abortion rights, which we've had for over 50 years in Roe v. Wade. It's, it's sick enough that the Supreme Court is about to destroy itself, basically, and go, and go against stare decisis, the very foundation of the court's ability to rule. 
the fact that at least two of the three new Trump justices lied, lied during their confirmation hearings concerning what they would do relative to Roe v. Wade. And we'll, we'll see once, if, if and when this becomes official, it probably will in the next day or so. It was supposed to happen before the end of the month of June. The, the actual opinion would become um, official. And then uh, crazier than that, it is adopting a new form of electoral college, going, reaching as far back as you can into an irrelevant form of voting and trying to reintroduce it at a state level so that you can basically preclude the possibility of an opposing party ever, I mean ever, getting any kind of power because the districting for statewide voting would be set up that way. None of this, none of this is a position in the sense that none of these things involve stuff that is for here. If you, if you were to apply a simple test, well, what are you for, Republican Party of Texas? You're not for anything. These, these are not for statements. We are against, we're against rational thought. So we believe that Donald Trump won. I mean, maybe we're for, I guess in one sense we're for Donald Trump, but not for any rational reason, simply because we're for him. He lost the election. So, but we're, but we're for him, uh, but, but he lost. Well, but we're for him. Well, what, is, what does that mean you're for? Well, we're for Donald. What, is, mean, what does it mean to be for Donald? Well, that, that gets fleshed out more in the other things. You're, we're against gun regulation of any kind. We're against uh, abortion of any kind. We're against rational, fair districting for purposes of voting. We're simply against everything rational. Now, it, it, it must occur to these people, or I, I don't know if it does, but in my mind, again, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting outside of whatever, wherever and whatever... It must, it, it must occur to someone in this group of 5,000 plus that others looking in on them might have a reaction similar to what I'm having right now. That, they, that it would be easy to say you're, you're not for anything. You're simply destroying things. And more than that, you're codifying your craziness, your, your irrationality, as statements of belief, if you will, for purposes of your group. A, a small group of 5,100 people who probably will continue to control the state of Texas are basically making statements of belief, the equivalent of, of, of faith, I would, I would go so far as to say, uh, making almost religious statements because they're, they're, they're that far afield from both common acceptance from the 
from the center, from the standard point of view of most Americans, from statistical statements about belief and, and thought process and where people's points of view are, and just rational stuff. You know, uh, they, they're so out of the mainstream, and yet they're codifying it as this is what we accept. Who does that? Who, who goes that far afield and demands that it become the lingua, not, not just the lingua franca, but the actual internalized belief system of people? And if you were to do that now in 2022, all those years after the after uh, the you know after uh, the first life on earth or after the, the the moon finally stabilized our orbit however you want to judge it if you wanted to go that retrograde if you wanted to go that far backwards why on earth would you be doing that why what what could possibly be propelling you to go in reverse and to make it such a forceful statement, to do it loudly, to boo the most conservative senator in, in the United States Senate, arguably, that any attempt to move towards rationality is basically rejected automatically and rejected vocally and, and, and really with a lot of anger. But, but this, this gets us into the realm of I, I, I'm sorry, and I don't mean to do this, I'm not trying to knock religion here, but this is more, these are my religious tenets. So much of what religions have are narratives, and the narratives involve the actions of a divine or a quasi-divine being, or a god, or gods, whatever that may be, and there are writings that are supposedly inspired, if you accept this, that are inspired by these divine beings, or the divine being, as an, an, an inspiration is allowed to certain people who then write down their inspiration, and this becomes accepted by a group, an affiliated group, as the word, the revealed word of the divine. And based on the word, there are then dicta, rules, ways of living, statements of how you, how you conduct your life. And this is kind of what I'm seeing coming out of the Republican Party, except that most religions today, would their dicta tends to be a little more progressive I mean, it's hard to use that word frequently with religions, but, but it's a bit more positive, it's a bit more human and humanely oriented. The notion of not being able to do anything to protect yourself against 300 million guns, except to put more guns out there, that would not be acceptable, I think, to any religion. The notion that you take away a right uh, of, of women to uh, what, whatever your belief in, in life and death is, but removal of rights, that is not a 
whatever you feel abortion is, you, that is not something that I think a religion thinking about it today, well, maybe it is for some religions. I, I have to take that back. Going into a, going into a uh, electoral college system on a statewide basis in 2022? Uh, no, this is, I, I can't even imagine religions doing this. Um, uh, the, it's just not, this is even beyond religious statement. So when you can't get something by statements of religion, when, when religion picks up when reason fails us, and it's a great unifier, but when the mechanisms of religion even fail, what people seem to be doing here is drifting into an irrational self-destruction. That's what this is. It is self-destructive statements of belief for one purpose only. It allows us to thumb our noses or say that we want to hurt someone else, even if we're hurting ourselves at the same time. We're united in our anger and our fear and, and our vitriol and, and our, in our desperation to basically cling to something. We're clinging to one another, but the only glue we can find is our anger, our vitriol, our desire to break something down. We want to destroy something in the name of preserving something. That's irrational. And that's where the Republican Party finds itself right now, in Texas. <laughs> but I would venture to say a lot of people I've spoken to are, it, it, it may not be as vociferous and it may not be as Texas style, but there's this irrational anger, this fear, this underlying sense that it's now or never. If we can't find a way to hold on to what we have, and that's another major part of this, it's, it's slipping away from us. Something is slipping away. And the only way we can hold on to what we have is to basically go to an extreme. And the extreme involves not surrendering. The well, no, 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 I, I have to, re I ha let me try that again. The extreme involves not allowing anything to, to interrupt our affiliation. And it's, it's a protective affiliation. Nothing and no one is allowed to get in the way of what we believe ourselves to be because if we let it go, if we allow any daylight among ourselves or any daylight where even a lib or a dem or somebody can interject themselves in our politics, in our lives, 
then we basically are allowing ourselves to crumble. There has to be an absolute wall between us and others. This is what our survival is about. We have to be differentiated in the absolute extreme, in the absolute extreme. We cannot allow ourselves to be part of or affiliated with the rest of the country. We are within our own group. We are, we are out for our own survival. There's no way we're going to be able to get them to join us, which is to say to get the majority to basically come our way so that we are in ultimate survival mode. That's what I'm hearing and seeing from the Republican Party in Texas. This is panic. This is panic and fear in its rawest form. <clears throat> that people can't figure out. They're beyond figuring out how they can work with or affiliate with or attract new people to. It is a purely defensive situation. It is as big a wall as, as the southern border wall that uh, barely ever got... You, you know what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's a mental... It's a state of mind that is so restrictive and so unwilling to accept anything but mechanisms, the, the, what it smells, what it can, what it reacts to are any actions that allow anyone or anything other than itself to embark or, 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 to, in, or to basically creep into its sphere. So you have to do things, you, you have to set up mechanisms that absolutely protect and shield you from everyone and everything else. And part of that is doing things that may hurt you personally, that may be negative for you. Taking away abortion rights, taking away voting rights, taking away gun protective legislation. This is insanity. This is all nutty, crazy, stupid stuff. Setting up a way of setting up a way of of of, of restricting voting in, in in the year 20. This is insanity. Everyone gets hurt by this. The nation gets hurt. Irrelevant. We are protecting our little set of turf, and to do that, we have to differentiate ourselves. Even if the differentiation means that we will hurt ourselves, but we'll hurt you more, and we'll piss you off more, and we'll define ourselves as being different, and we're going to do this in the most garish, ugly way possible. And the greatest symbolic statement of this, which has now become practical and real, is to deny reality, to scream at the top of our lungs that Donald Trump got reelected. That is the greatest statement that we can come up with to ensure that we absolutely are differentiated from you and everything else. And we know it pisses you off. And the more pissed off you are, you being the majority of the country, the more we feel some sense of unification and some sense that we might be able to survive as a group. Because we can't do it by convincing other people. We can only do it by enforcing the anger and fear of a smaller and smaller group of people. And we give ourselves some, I don't know, is it a sense of security? Within the, the, the security of a cult. 
And that's what the Republican Party is developing, a cult mentality. And this is, yeah, it happened in Texas, but I smell it and I feel it and I see it and I hear it. And this is the thing that I feel so disheartened about. And, and, and I guess another thing that, that bothers me is that the Democrats don't seem to, as a, as a group, as a national group, we don't seem to be able to come back at the Republicans with, with the most obvious arguments. We, we don't elevate them to the sound and fury, as it were, of the Republican insanity. Maybe, and I'm explaining to myself why it isn't happening that way, because it does come out off as nuts and crazy and shrill, but there has to be, there has to be some additional level of of, of passion that can be injected into the democratic messaging of everything concerning guns and taking away abortion rights and, and the obvious guilt of Donald Trump in having fomented an insurrection against the United States. We, we can't just say that, well, these things are nuts and irrational. Of course, we know that. But the thing is, the, the the volume level that is being exercised on the Republican side is such that it's like in the, in, in the, in the Goebbels' big lie. It's repeated and repeated and repeated, and it's, oh, well, they're going to say that. We know that's going on. What can we do? We're not going to adopt their way of doing it. No, but we have to. There, there is a... There is a there are rational methods and better methods of getting our storyline out there that are not being exercised or, or, or taken advantage of right now. And part of that is, is, is basically the process that we're watching happen with the January 6th commission. We're watching, we're watching this effort to put a rational, logical, legally uh, feasible statement of Donald Trump's guilt and the guilt of many others out there to the American public. And I would say it's being done very well. But the pushback, the pushback against that and the, and the absolute denial of the logic and the rationality that is coming from Republicans, from Trumpian types, is absolutely disheartening. There, there is, there is an irrationality in the country that has nothing to do with fact. It has nothing to do with improving the country. It has nothing to do with unification. It has nothing to do with the betterment of America. It has nothing to do with living up to our constitutional ideals. It is a group of people gathering tighter and tighter together because they are scared to death of losing what whatever they perceive themselves to be uh, not, their, their identity, uh, could it be white, whatever? I mean, and, and, and they're clinging to, and I, I found myself using this term more and more this weekend, they're clinging to the great white hope. That's what Donald Trump has become, the great white hope. Irrational. An irration, a symbol and a statement of irrationality concerning whatever, what do we need to do in order to preserve us as a group. This hunker down, dig in, and be as irrational as you can be. And you have to be irrational to accept Donald and to accept what Donald claims to be. 
but yet there's a whole bunch of people willing to do that. And they've been sort of, you know, suckered into this entire process. Now, it's disheartening. And it's damned frightening. Because how do you overcome irrationality like this? Well, you soldier forward. And, and it makes, to me, the process that the January 6th committee is uh, going through right now so infinitely important from an historical perspective. They must continue forward, put out this story, Right now, there are 60% of Americans who believe Donald Trump uh, should, be, uh, should basically be indicted, that he committed a criminal offense. 60%. That's a big number. We're getting into, you know, rational gun legislation numbers. But this time around, it can't be talking, 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 and then nothing happens, like everything else. There must be an indictment against this man. There must be consequences, otherwise our so-called so, so rational approach to stuff becomes as meaningless. We are the counterpoint. We are the rational useless versus the irrational useless. And you keep putting the two at odds against each other, and you keep showing that the one that tends to win out is the irrational, useless, and meaningless that the rational simply talks and nothing happens, even when they have the strength to do something. Nope, the irrational wins. Why? Because they're a minority and they're able to enforce minority rule on the entire country in a way that was never intended by the founding fathers. You allow that process to continue to play out. And I mean right now, especially right now, with the single greatest issue that we've probably ever confronted in this, in this country, where we have a president of the United States who has attempted to destroy the United States, to destroy our laws, to destroy our Constitution. And we have everything, all the power structure is there to keep it going. And we're afraid to utilize that power. We're afraid to lift a finger to save ourselves because we're worried about what the other side might think or do. Like they give a rat's ass about what we might say. And I'm sorry to, to make it an us-them, but this is what it is. And I know people are talking about we have to find ways of coming together. Not when it comes to this, folks. If we do not, if we do not indict Donald Trump, if it's our fear that, oh my God, if we indict him, and what would happen if a jury doesn't convict? What happens if he gets off? That's it. That's the end. You can't go in that direction. You can't take it that way. The man has broken the most sacred vow a man can... The president of the United States has tried to take down the country he was elected to lead and sworn to lead. And, well, we can't take a chance uh, holding him accountable for that because what would happen if a jury of his peers doesn't convict him? Sorry, you can't hide behind that. You just can't. Because if you do, then basically you are, you are basically sounding the death knell for this country one way or the other. 
structurally, constitutionally, and every other way. The Republicans, in their fear, will just go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Donald will be all the more, uh, in, in, you know, in, in incited and 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 empowered to continue on this way, and the whole process will not just drift off. It will not be a passing fancy. Democrats must save this country. Republicans don't want to. Republicans need to destroy the country to save themselves. That's the, that's the, that's the simple equation. The country as it stands and functions with its laws is getting in the way of what Republicans feel they have to do in order to preserve whatever white privilege, whatever, whatever the white thing is that somehow is driving at the core, the fear, to keep, to, 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 to fulfill their fears, to deal with their fear, fears, they have to get rid of the system that we have. Translation, get rid of constitutional and legal and law in this country. If Donald goes free, there is no law. If the Supreme Court does finalize the Roe v. Wade uh, decision that they apparently came out with the draft, there is no validity to the Supreme Court. What's left, folks, is the executive branch and, and legislative branch that we, that we control, the branches we control as Democrats for now. And it's a very narrow time frame. We have between now and November. We have to actually do that which needs to be done to more than symbolically say we'd like to preserve America. No, we have to take the action that is required to preserve America. We cannot take a safe route and say, well, you know, it might not go exactly the way we want it to. So let's politically decide that we're not actually going to prosecute him. Yeah, that would be easier, wouldn't it? Not if you want to save this country. And it's come to that. We were saying this on, on Central Left Radio. I began saying this probably three and a half, four years ago, and I couldn't believe it when I first said it on air. It was, I felt weird about saying it on air, that you have to choose between Trump and America. And it winds up that is precisely where we are. You can't have it both ways. You cannot allow the Republicans to do what they're doing and to basically hold on to the big lie you cannot allow Donald to go scot-free. You must, must, basically, declare for America or for Trump and, and understand what you're declaring for either way. Republicans are frightened. I get that. I'm sorry they're frightened. But that does not change democratic responsibility to do the right thing and to effectively save this country. It's that simple. Hmm. <laughs> Happy summer solstice, everybody. A little jazz.
been listening to Central F Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. There's no way around this. The Republicans, whether they realize it or not, are hell-bent on destroying themselves and the country in an effort to basically get past their own sense of fear about what they're not and what they can't otherwise have because people won't listen to them. They don't have ideas. Either we go ahead and we indict Donald Trump and put this country back on track or accept the consequences.